When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman that can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. A little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing, and episode 67 shall be a good one. We are welcoming on the show Chet Christner of Flow Racing, who has what has been announced that he is returning back to the USAC National Midget Sprint Car and Silver Crown Series to be the voice of those on Flow Racing. Uh, of course, you all know if you've been with the podcast for a long time that D. Welch and I are former voices of the United States Auto Club as well. Me in 2013, and what years were you, D. Welch? 14 through 16. Yeah, 14 through 16. So he had a long tenure there, 14, 15, and 16 uh, for D. Welch. Chet was a former announcer in 17 and 18 when Speed Shift had the rights for the United States Auto Club. Um, and he is now back with the United States Auto Club. And, you know, we'll see Pat Sullivan at like some of the marquee events as well. The doctor, uh, who I just saw last week at a Western Michigan hockey game, he'll be at some of the marquee events. And I think in the release, it also said that Drake York and Christy Bemis are back with USAC. So that's kind of, uh, who you can expect for some of the USAC coverage this season. Chet and I, uh, we'll talk about this in a second. We'll, we're heading to Screven where the All-Stars kick off their season on Flow Racing. Um, they'll be racing at Screven and then Volusia and then East Bay. And uh, East Bay will be happening after um, USAC races with the midgets and the sprint cars. So it's a busy Florida uh, week, or no, not week, uh, month in February for Flow Racing. They also have the NASCAR events at New Smyrna and stuff like that. So did you watch some of the NASCAR event last week, the Chili Willy or whatever? Is it Wasn't Hannah's dad in that? No, uh, he did. He apparently he apparently got ran over by some uh, some kid and destroyed his car. So he uh, poor guy <laughs> is. I don't know how many more accidents he can withstand, but uh, he I don't think even made the race on Sunday or whatever because he got tore up. So yeah, I did not pay attention. Yeah, That's the only the thing crash. I know about it. Yeah, I saw the crash. Um. And he's had some big crashes. That's Dylan's future father-in-law there. Uh, you know, talented race car driver. Of course, he and uh, Dylan's fiance Hannah, which is his daughter, are, you know, 
late model drivers. They come from like Idaho, right? Like that's how far is Idaho to Tucson, Arizona? I think she said like 10 or 11 hours Yikes. from where they live. That's the problem, man. The West Coast, if you want to get to any racetrack, it's like six hours or something like ridiculous. Like from California track Long to California away. track, forever apart. And then when you're in Ohio, like, oh, Kokomo's an hour 30. Oh, Eldora's an hour. Oh, you know, Gas City's, you know, two hours. Fremont's 45 minutes. You know, Attica's 45 minutes. Like, it's like they're all separated by you know, nothing, uh, Waynesfield, you know, like an hour in there in between or whatever. But, um, yeah, so it's just, it's just different. There's a lot more closer racetracks around here than there are in California, but some cool ones out there. Um, so the chili willy happened, the NASCAR race, but that's pretty much, oh, I guess I saw some mowers raced on, they had some like lawn mowers or whatever racing on flow, uh, this past week. I too. saw that too, but yeah, that's pretty much all the racing action that happened on flow racing. So, uh, check all that stuff out. Like I mentioned, um, I don't know if I mentioned it in this or when we talked to chat, uh, we will be having a lot of coverage from Florida. Um, we'll have another crew diaries. If you're into the dirt late model scene, um, Georgia and Florida speed weeks, you know, we've had past crew diaries with Tyler Erb, who's one of my favorite late model drivers, Jonathan Davenport, who's a multi-time, you know, Lucas oil late model champion. But this year, Devin Moran is going to be doing the crew diaries. And I like, I like the Moran crew, you know, him, him and his brother are really cool. They're based out of Ohio. Uh, their family actually owns one of the race. Gosh, I, think, I think it's Muskegon or something like that. It was really, really dusty. It was a really good race between Basin and Peck during Ohio Sprint Week, but they own that track. Uh, so they're a cool group and they're going to be doing the crew diaries. You'll catch that on Flow Racing. So we got people everywhere. You know, Brandon Paul, he's heading to uh, new Smyrna and, and the NASCAR coverage that's down there, the new, the new coverage, um, with the acquisition of some of the NASCAR rights on flow racing. So it's a really busy time. Um, and we got a bunch of content for you as long as well as all the content we've already posted from the chili bowl. Uh, some new content have, has come out, um, my work area piece where I stood down there in the work area all week and, and described some of the action down there. Keith Coons diary is finished. All of the days, uh, Monday through Saturday, really cool, you know, mini doc series, if you will, diary that we did with Keith Coons. Uh, and then, of course, last week's podcast of Tanner Thorson. We got a chili bowl by the numbers. We got a bunch of the content on Flow Racing right now that you need to check out um, if you're bored and, and you don't have anything else to do during these winter times. Um, where, when do you start working? Uh, I leave for the Rolex on Thursday. Wow, already. You're going to do the Rolex? Yep. With the Peacock or what? Yeah, with the, for, for the Peacock. Oh, nice. That'd be big. I can't wait to watch that. I I mean, I don't want to, like, dumpster on IMSA, but it's just not excite, that exciting to me. Like, it's just, you know, pretty much just tune in for the last hour. Like, maybe not even that. Like, maybe just, like, the last half an hour. Um. You kind of well, like want to see the star. In- I say what? for those Go people ahead. that are interested, we, we for those people that are interested, we're on from one thirty to three a.m. on Saturday, and then again from six a.m. to two p.m. So you like should definitely watch. watch it. You know, grip the CD welds for sure, but like, you know, it's good racing. Plus, there's some um, there's some big talents in it, right? Jimmy Johnson's going to be racing in it, and you know, there's there's who else is going to be racing in that? Then that's pretty exciting. 
several IndyCar drivers. Um, Alex Pelot, who just won the IndyCar championship for Chip Ganassi, is racing. Uh, Scott Dixon is racing. Uh, Rossi, Pagano, Elio. Uh, actually, I don't know if Pagano's running. Um, Elio's running. Um, there's, yeah, there's plenty of names. And it really is a cool event. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, it's be, there's 61 cars, which is a lot, obviously. So there's uh, there's always something going on. And, and the nighttime hours when I'm on are actually the inter, you know the the really entertaining hours, in my opinion. So uh, nothing else to do. So turn it on, check it out. Yeah, it is cool. So if you like F1 racing or like a different style of racing, like to me, F1 racing is almost like club racing. And even though it seems to be a lot of drama, like behind the scenes. And that's why that, you know, documentary series on Netflix has done really well. Uh, the cool thing about IMSA racing and road course racing is the teamwork where they have to like change, you know, they have pit stops and they have to change drivers. They're just, you know, drivers have to take naps. You know, it's kind of like a four man rotation uh, of drivers that they rotate in and out throughout the 24 hours. Endurance racing is actually pretty cool if you get into it. And I know like a lot of people that watch all 24 hours, um, like I said, just not, you know, not my style. I like to see people bang the boards for 50 laps, uh, you know, and run out of fuel and, you know, you know, tires burn off. I mean, it's just, it'd be fun to watch. Just tune in and watch D Welch on the Peacock uh, for IMSA. I know this isn't a riveting promo for IMSA and road course racing, but it is a lot of fun. You should watch it um along with everything else going on on flow racing as well we are partners with nascar now so we have to promote everything that they do and uh it seems like we're just like 360 right back to where we started d welch i mean <laughs> working with nascar again uh <laughs> even though we left NASCAR. <laughs> well you did i never Anywho. did <laughs> oh yeah you're still with nascar that's right uh, no, Chet Christner's on the show today. We're going to talk to him about the exciting announcement where he's heading back to USAC. Uh, before we do that, we are presented by Quick Pits and QuickPits.com. It's your one-stop shop for over 350,000 national parts and accessories from the brands you demand, truck, Jeep, auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout for additional savings. That's QuickPits.com. That's our presenting sponsor. Uh, our hat shakes are brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. You can visit them at sundollar.net. Uh, Jason, I guess he was going to send in his hat shake last week and got it into me a little bit late. He has not sent me one this week as well. I'm sure it was probably for you and Zeb making uh, the Chili Bowl A main. Of course, he went two for two at the Chili Bowl. Um, so they are based in Carmel, Indiana. They are fire, water, mold, restoration damage in the greater Indianapolis area. They can get with your insurance company and help you out at sundollar.net. Who's your hat shake? I'm going to give mine to Lachlan McHugh for outdueling James McFadden in the, uh, in the classic pretty, uh, pretty good race and, um, was exciting to watch. That really was, uh, an exciting win for Lockie McHugh who came to the United States this year and actually ran some with that. What car number was that? Like 134? It was like a three-digit number. I think it was, it was 101. Was oh, 101. That's right. 101, that car. The old Chuck McGillivray um, special there. Oh, yeah. That that thing actually ripped pretty good. And I think Lockie McHugh is a great talent. I think he's really good. Uh, he beat James McFadden, one of the best you know Australian sprint car drivers of all time. 
Uh, I want to, you know, Corey McCullough, who finished third. I used to sim race with him. Um, and he's kind of new to sprint car racing. Well, not new. He's been racing probably five, five or six years now, but he got into it a little bit later. Um, you know, he was an awesome sim racer, one of the best sim racers I raced with on our factor. Um, and, and he finished third. So yeah, that's a, that's a good hat check. That's, uh, that's good. I don't really, I don't even know if I have one. Like I didn't really watch much, uh, of, of anything really. I've been just kind of, uh, busy. Do I give you a, another one just for making the chill boy main? Just get double up hat shakes or something. I <laughs> can't do yeah. that. How about I'll give it to nope. chat for coming back to you sack. How about that? How about right. that? Drop the hammer, baby. He's coming back to you. Sack. I know I'm, I'm really excited to work with him uh, in the midgets and the sprint cars down in Florida. And we're we'll working together in all star as well. So at shake chat. Drop the hammer on an awesome season uh, for sprint cars and midgets and non-wing sprint cars with the all-stars and USAC on flow racing. Let's talk to Chet Christner. He is next. This is episode 67 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Here at Erdine Racing with Corey Eliason and another tech tip here on Flow Racing. Let's talk about what the wing slider is and more specifically what stagger is in a sprint car. Can you please explain that to me? Yeah, the wing slider, uh, we're not, we don't have it hooked up right now, but we have a valve right here that uh, allows it to go our ram up there to run forward and backwards so you can move the wing from you know front and move it back, I think eight inches total. Um, it all runs off the power steering pump, so it's all hydraulic basically. So. Um, you're about 75% that it works up there because sometimes things happen, it gets hot or something, you know, it blows by a seal and it, it'll either go all the way back or it won't move. So um, it's, it's good, it helps, you know, if the car's free, you pull it back, it kind of settles you in, gets you a little tighter. That way you have a little more grip. Um, and then uh, vice versa, if you're too tight, you push it back forward and it kind of frees you up, which is a big allowance because that's all that we're allowed to do as far as an in-cockpit in adjustable. Um, non-wing cars they can run you know shock adjusters and they don't have a wing valve so that's kind of their in-car adjustment so um, it goes both ways I'd much rather have this because I can only go forward and backwards and I can you know I'm either gonna be too tight or too loose and I can straighten myself out there where you have four shock adjusters in there I can screw myself up pretty quickly because I can think I'm doing the right thing and be like, oh, this feels better, this feels better, now it doesn't, and then I can't remember which knob I just turned, so. Yeah, you can um, almost dial yourself out. Yeah, oh yeah, it's quicker to dial yourself out. They had them all in uh, in the midget, and I'm like, yeah, just don't even hook them up. I don't need them. 75%, so you're saying like 25% of the time it doesn't work. Or you'll ha it, it still works, you'll just have a problem, yeah. So like, after a while it gets hot, it's, the fluid's obviously a lot thinner, so there's not as much pressure. So when you try to pull it back or push it forward, um, you can always go backwards just because of the wing, the air's pushing the wing back. Um, trying to push it forward after you've been running for a while at speed, it just doesn't want to do it. So um, it's kind of one of those things you kind of just have to give and take a little bit. Is it, what's the percentage of you using it? Every single feature, right? Oh, absolutely. There's, I mean, I've used it qualifying you use it in the heat race that it doesn't matter it just depends you know if you feel you need a little bit more you got to change something that you feel can be a little bit quicker or if you're out front you kind of get a you know a free lap just to try it out to see before you get into the feature or you know your next race so that way you know how far you can go before it happens and it's just a little more information you can give back to the crew chief mm -hmm. and, the, and the the wing slider has it evolved at all since you started um 
I don't really think there's much that's changed. I know there's, you know, there's a couple different manufacturers of them now. Uh, one manufacturer changed the whole game is he run it directly off the pump instead of going through the steering gear. But as far as the, the actual RAM itself, um, and I mean, even the, the adjuster, it's kind of still the same design that they've had when they first did it. The only thing that's changed that's nicer is now they have lines that are crimped and they swivel so they move with the adjuster instead of the old Teflon line and brass fittings. <laughs> there you go. Tech tip from Corey Elias, and that's a wing slider. The only way they can adjust their cars during the main events and also qualifying in heat races at the racetrack. And we're back on the Loud Pedal Podcast. This is episode 67. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Tanner Thorson, episode 66. I was looking at the numbers. They're really good, uh, you know, comparable to the Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson episode. So a lot of people enjoying Tanner Thorson's story. Uh, Chet Krisner is joined us. We promised he would join us. The new voice of USAC National Sprint Car, Midget, and Silver Crown Series. He had been the previous voice, what, 2017? 2018 uh and now he's back this season uh chet how are you uh how was wisconsin i know you like to do that snowmobile racing and is that right snowmobile is that yeah that it's ice oval. yeah ice oval on the, the big old half mile and it was uh it was good we had wind chill factor negative 31 the first weekend so it was a little brisk but uh second weekend it warmed up i think it was in the single digits so yeah it was, it's a good time it's a lot of fun how does that stuff compare to what you're getting ready to do? I mean, obviously you're, you're very familiar with both of those forms of racing, but like, is there any thing that is comparable to with both of them or are they both just at the complete opposite ends of the spectrum? There, when it, it'd be hard to compare it to like to USAC because USAC is dirt track racing and ice oval is closer to pavement racing. Um, in that there's a lot of i always said to pavement racing is like chess and dirt track racing is like checkers right and so it's kind of like that with the ice oval stuff too because your passes you might set somebody up for a pass for a lap or two before you actually make the pass on them and sometimes you just barrel in there and hope for the best but uh yeah it's closer to that it has ice oval is kind of neat too because it has a very international flavor to it so with covid they don't have the travelers like it used to but usually the swedes come over uh, shout out to snow pro scandinavia but uh they come over and race with us we get some norwegians over there and obviously the canadians come down and and race as well but uh it's just it's i don't know it's it's totally different it's it's closer to pavement but it's still its own thing that part of america is absolutely beautiful um maybe not with three feet of snow on the ground but no it's still it's still really nice up there uh you know, in the Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin area, I go to like the UP a lot and go camping up there. But it's just like it's pretty much Canada, right? Like it's just a lot of pine trees, yeah. you know, uh, you know, a lot of not very many people. You know, there's not very many people per mile. Uh, it's pretty cool up there. Yeah, it's actually uh, where we are. You talk about going to the UP. We're only about 30 minutes out of uh, Michigan, the upper peninsula of Michigan. I think it's, it's uh, maybe an hour or two, a couple hours up to Canada, but it is really far north. But as far as the snow, you know, it's one of those deals and you talk about all the time. If Atlanta gets an inch of snow, it shuts the city down. If they get an inch of snow, it doesn't even bring the plows out. Like, it's just a totally different, they're prepared for it up there and they're used to it. And it's just, it's a different, different place, but it's so peaceful up there and so beautiful and nice people, really good cooking. If you like uh, fried foods, they like to fry everything up there. So yeah, be ready for that. Look at me. <laughs> 
Yeah, look, at, <laughs> look at me. I saw I saw Houghton Lake, Houghton Lake, Miss uh, Michigan. I'm actually getting my credentials now. They're going ice sprint car racing, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm gonna take my um, my camera up there and maybe shoot it. But like, you know, Dustin Daggett, who runs like Wasad and those guys in Michigan, he's gonna go up there and do it. But like, they're taking actual sprint cars with like some studded tires and racing on the ice. I think that's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. They actually run a series too up in uh, the northeastern United States that runs on ice, uh, sprint cars on ice. And uh, it's a good time. And it's the thing about that's crazy about that is like it moves. Obviously, they tear the ice up pretty bad. And so they move around on a lake is usually where they do it. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's different. Well, we're getting ready to go to a place where hopefully there is no ice and no snow uh, with Florida for the USAC cars. And, and then obviously, I think you guys were talking about going to Georgia to, to shoot some all-star stuff. Um, so we can start with the USAC stuff, just since that's a, a fresh announcement. How uh, how excited are you to to be back full time on on the USAC trail? I know we saw you at some of the races, you know, with a camera in your hand and such. But uh, to be able to be back in the booth, I'm sure is exciting for you. Yeah, extremely exciting. I I've always enjoyed USAC racing. Well, you know that, and we were, I was around it for a long time out out west here, even before we got into the whole broadcast thing and. It's, I said that whenever Richie was interviewing me, I told him, I said, I think it's the most exciting racing that there is on dirt. There's, it's just so much action, which makes it really easy to announce is the nice thing about it because it kind of announces itself. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm pumped to be, just to be involved with it again. I know um, there's been a lot of turnover uh, with USAC, right? You know, some guys going with the all-stars, you know, we're going to cover them. Uh, you know, and Screvin, which is, you know, Kevin Thomas Jr. and Wyndham. And, um, you know, of course, Tyler Courtney is the defending champion. Um, but one of the coolest USAC stories this year I wanted to get your opinion on was Justin Grant winning all three uh, series. He has a chance to win all three this year. That's that's cool. He's, you know, a legitimate shot to win a sprint car title this year, right, with some of those guys leaving. He's a legitimate shot to win a, win a title across all three. I mean, he finished top three in points last year across all three divisions. And so he's he's definitely primed to do that. But it's not – as we know, it's not an easy task. I mean, you're asking for a triple crown basically in one year, and there's two drivers that have done that so far. So it's not it's not easy, but it's not an insurmountable task for somebody like Grant. Um, I think that's that's something, too, where a bit of a dark horse in that, and I don't know if he has the rides lined up or not, but Logan Seavey would be another one to watch in that category as well. And then I think there's also – everybody's obviously obsessed with the fact that there's a $300,000 bonus if you can win all three, but there's also a $150,000 bonus if you can win two titles. And that is very, very appealing to me as far as a storyline to follow, because there's a number of drivers that could pull that off. Yeah, I think that's not that all three isn't attainable, but I think the two in one year is definitely attainable just because there's even like Logan and, and you know, Justin, who obviously has gotten a lot better on the pavement stuff on the Silver Crown side. But um, it's hard to win that championship because you have to be really good on pavement, which means beating Bobby Santos and Cody Swanson and, you know, the other guys that are, that are good. So I think the two I'm, I'm, you know, I think you're right on track there that the two is, is maybe the one that we have to all be paying attention to the most. Yep. I'm sorry about that. I didn't know if I was supposed to respond. I was watching Tyler. I was like, is Tyler going to say anything? (laughs) No, I I was going to say, you know, I was going to say Cody Swanson does have the dirt rides lined up this year, even though he didn't have them lined up last year and he still won the championships, so, you know, in the Silver Crown Series. I want to, I'm interested to see if CV 
and Baldwin's will go full time. You know, Tommy Baldwin in that car, the the you know, they were really good during Indiana Sprint Week. They've been full time USAC. Tommy Baldwin's before. a NASCAR owner, bud. Or one of the whatever the Baldwin, what's his name? <laughs> Kenny. Kenny Baldwin. What the hell am I doing? Sorry, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> great guy. Great. I love those guys. Um, but they've been full-time USAC before. They had a lot of success with Robert Ballou and Chris Windham. And CV was really good during Indiana Sprint Week. I'm interested to see if they go to Ocala and run the full USAC tour. Yeah, and I think it's going to tell the tale for us there is who shows up in Florida. I mean, that's really where you got to get everything kicked off. And there's and the thing, too, is that you don't want to get hung up on somebody winning like Silver Crown and maybe a Sprint or in Silver Crown or a Midget because you could go Midget Sprint as well. And I can't, that's kind of where I think it's going to come from. If there's going to be somebody that wins two, it's going to come out of the, the sprint midget combo. Chet, what do you, what do you make of, of a bunch of these guys that are deciding to go wing racing? I mean, what, as somebody who has watched a lot of racing through the year, you know, the last couple of years, I mean, why, why do you think that is? What's the appeal for some of these guys to go wing racing? I mean, that's a fact that if you look at, at traditional sprints or non-wing sprints, they're kind of regionalized, right? Even though it's a national series, they're kind of, there's a chunk in California. There's some on the East Coast, a really good series on the East Coast. And then you have around Indiana, but with wing racing, it's, it literally is global. Like they run them everywhere. It's a, the appeal is everywhere. And a lot more money is there too. And so that's something where obviously drivers are taking consideration of money, but Everybody seems to be upset because you're losing some of the big names. But I think what's unusual for, especially in regards to USAC, is those big names stuck around in USAC for as long as they did. Because traditionally, that hasn't been the case. You have a few. You have Dave Darland and guys like that that run USAC consistently. But for the most part, drivers are only in there for a certain period of time, and then they move on to something else, whether that be wing sprint cars or NASCAR or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... I think we got spoiled there for a number of years by having the same kind of top eight guys that hung out in USAC for so long. Yeah, for sure. We saw last year Tanner Thorson really good with the USAC National Sprint Car Series. Um, he told us on the podcast last week that he's going to run both the midgets and the sprint cars with USAC and Ocala, and he's going to try to hit all those wing races. That's going to be a busy February for the Chili Bowl champion. Yeah, and that's and Tanner Thorson's somebody too, where everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to do wing racing." Oh my goodness, making it. Well, he is a wing racer, like right, like that's kind of how he started. And I remember it was, uh, I want to say maybe 2016, 17, in there somewhere. He was actually crew chief and for Rico on a wing sprint car in Florida. Whenever Rico kicked off his season in Florida, Tanner Thorson was his crew guy, and so he has a massive amount of experience with that. But he's also very sharp builds his own cars and different things. It's not going to be a hard transition for him to go back and forth to winged and non-winged. And so that's, I wasn't really surprised to see that move at all. Yeah. The thing I like too about Tanner is that he, you know, is going to do both. Like he's not going to just pick one or the other. He's going to, and, and who's to say that he won't eventually just choose one. But um, I think that's good for, for everybody. And especially, you know, especially, you know, here on flow, you get to watch guys, you know, kind of dip their toes in all kinds of different series and, and, um, you know, it's certainly a good storyline to follow and, and will be for you guys too to, you know, kind of be paying attention to who's who's having success on the wing side, but you know, who's able to still come back over the non wing side and, and have success too. Yeah, and that's you know, and Brady Bacon's another one. Bacon runs a lot of wing shows, more wing shows I think than people realize. A lot of them are regional stuff and, and different things like that. But 
he switches around. That's a good storyline to follow. And he's coming back to USAC, obviously, to defend these championship. He's, and you can't blame him. I mean, I'd stick around USAC, too. If I was running like he's running, holy crap, yeah, I wouldn't be leaving USAC. I'd be sticking around until I was no longer kicking booty like he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's almost time to start talking about some of the records he could break because – you know, he's pretty young. He's still a pretty young guy. He doesn't seem like he's going to be leaving the USAC National Sprint Car Series anytime soon. Uh, you know, his best competition, probably CJ Leary, Justin Grant. You know, those guys are going to contend for a title. But right now, I mean, you could talk about Bacon start chasing down that, uh, you know, championship record, don't you think? Oh, without a doubt. And, it's, and again, his team is kind of – they're hitting their stride. They What was it, last year he finished inside the top ten every race but one? Is that right? It was some it was some crazy statistic like that. And that's you talk about that too. You don't necessarily have to win races. You just have to consistently finish in at the top of races. Donnie Schatz has been doing it for years to win championships. And I think Brady Bacon's kind of right there with that team. But yeah, he's he's got a shot at some records. There's no doubt about it. If he can keep it in the park. I mean, he's got a great t-shirt to sell after uh, his trip there at Terre Haute. But yeah. Still finished third that night. Chat, what's yeah. What's the rest of your schedule look like? Are you, Chad, are you uh, are you just USAC? Are you going to be at other races with the camera in your hand, or what's your plan? Yeah, not, I'll fill in around. Obviously, USAC with ninety nine events is a lot of events, but I'll still fill in around fill in around other events. Um, I'm still doing like the top five stuff. I do some voiceover things for Dirt on Dirt and, and things like that during the week. But yeah, is if we have an off weekend or even during the week, I should uh, be showing up at some different events and things and. So I'm still, and that was a little bit, uh, I think a lot of people weren't clear on that. I still work for Flow. Like I did not go to work for USAC. I'm announcing for USAC and I'll be with USAC and helping out with the broadcast and that, but I'm still working for Flow. So like this Florida trip, I'll be down. Obviously I'm with Tyler. We're going to hit the All-Stars there for their first six events or first three stops, I should say. I'll be at USAC, but I'm also going to be down there covering some drag racing too. So I'll be headed to Lights Out 13 up at South Georgia Motorsports Park and and still doing things like that. So it's, I'm, I'm busy. I like being busy. I can't, I'm one of those guys that if I, if I don't have anything to do, I start to get really fidgety and, and not happy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's crazy. He's a machine. Uh, yeah. You'll see him at the Tulsa shootout too. That's a good point to bring that up to that. You're still working with us at flow and uh, still in our department. Um, I saw the USAC release and I don't know if anybody knows this. There's a couple of facts that you might not know about Chet. I don't even know if he wants me to tell you, but the USAC release does say this, that he was a former middle school teacher. Uh, what, what did you teach? I taught uh, geography and earth science. I taught mostly geography. I taught for 11 years and it was just one of those deals where uh, taught here in Vegas. I'm in Vegas now in Clark County school district, one of the biggest school districts in the United States. And we just, I love teaching. I love the act of teaching, but we lost so much funding over the years and they were just cramming more and more students in our class. And like the last, imagine this middle, you know what you acted like in middle school, right? And so the last two or three years I taught middle school, I averaged 42 students per class. And so it was just, it wasn't teaching anymore. It was crowd control and I just had to get away from it. Excuse me. Yeah. That's that's a lot of kids. That is. Uh, also, another fact, um, he used to tour like with rock bands, right? You were in the sound sound industry. Uh, what's the <laughs> best rock band you toured with? Oh, my. Well, I didn't really tour. I worked for a, a sound and production company out of Birmingham. or Actually, we were based out of Tuscaloosa. We had a place in Birmingham, too, Alabama. Uh, was the biggest one that I worked with. I toured with some local bands, but 
most part, we did like big shows. We come in, set up PA, and then run run sound for uh, big shows and stuff. But I don't know. Last year, I worked. I kept the list of it. I had 132 different bands I worked with the last year, and I can't remember where what I did with the list. I lost the list. But that was the year. It had been like around between '98 and 2000. Uh, I don't know. There was there was a lot of cool bands. Sister Hazel, Fish, uh, Slipknot. <laughs> so it was those are big. it was interesting tyler, was has, tyler hasn't heard any of those bands probably yes i have <laughs> that was all, look, well think about it. that was like 22 years ago that was a long time Dave matthews band that was before they made it big it was cool dylan and i were seven and eight years old at that time <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious Did i just date you <laughs> wow yeah i just turned 53 so yeah Chugging right oh, along. So how'd you get into how'd you get into how'd you get into broadcasting or racing? I mean, were you a race fan or a announce mm -hmm. like how did how did that transition happen? I grew up racing. So I, I grew up around motorsports. I got my first motorcycle whenever I was four and uh <clears throat> was messing around with that, had snowmobiles and stuff growing up, and then got into drag racing. I drag raced motorcycles, drag race cars, then went back to motorcycles again. Uh was around just a lot of cars growing up. And so we were, I never raced oval track. I didn't do any short track stuff. I worked on short track cars, but I didn't actually race them myself. I was too expensive for me. Like I could, I could drag race because if I tore up my stuff, I understood. But if somebody else tore my stuff up, I probably wouldn't be very good in the pits. I'd be kind of angry. So, uh, yeah. So I was just around a lot of racing and I don't know, one thing led to another and here we are. You started announcing Vegas, right? I started actually the uh, my first announcing gig was I announced boxing in Alabama. Uh, that's all kind of tied into that sound company. That was just like a just happened. And then I came to Las Vegas, moved out here to teach school and we were at Pahrump Valley Speedway and they were looking for an announcer. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And my buddy Jerry that I was out there with said, well, go ahead and try it. And so I went up and told him I'd like to announce. And I guess I just had a little bit of a knack for it and ended up in Pahrump Valley Speedway for a couple of years. And then uh, Joe Rogers Jr. was the promoter at the time, and he was going to move back to California and gave up his lease. And when he did, I went over and dropped off a, uh, a CD at the time. I don't know if you guys know what that is because you're kind of young, but we used to have to record stuff on these hard disks, right? And so I dropped a CD off at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in the morning, and they hired, I was hired and working that weekend. So, yeah, and, and I was there. I was at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for 10 years. Dang. So at Vegas, you probably saw like Kyle Bush and like, do you see the Bush brothers come through there? Who else did you see come through there? No, that was before they were already out there before I was announcing there. But I had like uh, Noah Gragson uh, came out of our camp. Noah Gragson, uh, Haley Deegan raced. I watched her debut in a bandolero and she stuffed it in the wall the very first time she was out there in the bandolero. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously came a long way since then. Um, yeah, Alex Bowman used to race with us and. So there was a lot of good names that came out of the boring. And sometimes I'm surprised by that because there is a lot of talent that comes out of this area of the country. And then, and it's, it's cool to see them. There's a lot of crew guys. I know a lot of crew guys that have, have moved up into NASCAR and stuff, but yeah, it was the Bush brothers were a little bit before I got there. <laughs> I know when you were with speed shift, um, you traveled in a camper. Are you going to do that again this year? Yep. Yeah. I'm back in a camper. I sold, uh, whenever we sold speed shift, whenever flow, uh, bought us out and we went to flow, I sold my camper during COVID because it was a hot time to sell campers. <laughs> and so 
I sold it. And then uh, during COVID, I built my own little camper. I, wanted, I always wanted to build like a little off-road type camper. And so I did that during COVID and I'm going to be hitting the road with that this year and see what happens. So I actually took it on a, the first test drive was this past weekend to Valley of Fire State Park. And I'm headed to Zion National Park for another test with it this weekend. And if it passes muster, then look out Indiana. Here I come. Dang. I you need to do a feature on yourself this summer. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. We'll do it. It's yeah, yeah, we'll do a feature. <laughs> I just, I'm not that exciting. I have a lot of years on earth, but they're not that exciting. <laughs> My wife wants to get one of those camper van things. We already have a camper. I, I would take it to like Indiana and other places, but I don't, I'm afraid it's like going to fall apart by the time we get there. So like, we need well, to, not good. we need to get, <laughs> we need to get like a van. Like she wants to get like one of those vans, you know, like the Brian laundry vans. Was that too soon? That's yeah, you need to roll back to that. Terrible, terrible comparison. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. You need to roll back, and this is just experience. Is if you have a van, if you break down, then you're done. Like there you sit. Where if you have a trailer and you break down, then you just go rent a truck and drag your trailer with you, and you continue on your merry way. So see, that's keep true. That in mind. Dump the thing down the hill, put it in the lake, call the insurance company. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Stolen. <laughs> <laughs> My wife just give me the dirtiest look ever. <laughs> She's off school today because, uh, you know, a foot of snow on the ground up here in Michigan. But anywho, Chet, it's been good to talk to you. We'll see you. Uh, I guess we fly into Atlanta here in a week or so. Yeah, actually, the third we head out and All-Stars kicking off her season on the fourth and the fifth at uh, Sonoy Raceway, not Sonoya, Sonoy Raceway. We learned that Sonoy? when I was down there. Uh, yeah, we're following the late models. And then uh, from there to Volusia, and then season opener for USAC uh, NOS Energy Drink Midgets, and then East Bay with the All-Stars, and then back for sprint car opener at uh, Bubba with USAC, and then Lights Out 13, which I'd encourage you, if you're tuned in and watching this and you've never watched drag racing, you need to check out Lights Out 13. It's absolutely insane. It's crazy, crazy stuff. We're talking like 220 mile per hour in the eighth mile with a door car, no wheelie bars. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. I'm interested in watching it because Fletcher Cox of the Eagles, one of the best defensive tackles in the um, you know, NFL, owns a drag radio car. And he's actually pretty his team's pretty good. They're really good. Yeah, that's what uh he I think Stevie Fast Jackson drives for him. But Fletcher's he, he's always there. And he is the nicest guy you ever met in your entire life. And he works on the car. Like he's not just there standing around bossing people around. He actually is hands on on that race car, and it's cool to see. And it's like watching a refrigerator move around. You know what I mean? Like he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Fast Jackson. That's that's the name you got to have to win. Yeah, he's 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 a dude too. We did actually interviewed him. And if if you go back to Flow Racing and get up there and, and just look up Stevie Jackson, I think I did an interview with him like one of the first years I was there. I'll probably talk to him again this year too. But he's a cool, yeah. dude. Yeah, Lights Out 13 is really cool. It's been uh, good to see some of the names trickling who's going to Florida. Uh, I saw like Gio Selzy and Danny Dietrich announced he's going uh, with the All-Stars down there to Florida. And then I imagine there'll be some uh, some outlaws, you know, shots ran with them last year. So we'll see who all shows up to Screvin and then we'll head to Volusia and then of course to Ocala for USAC. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. It's going to be cool to, you know, hear you announce the USAC races again this year. And uh, obviously we'll see a lot at the racetrack. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun.